Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Steelers fell to the Jets at Acroshore Stadium, now 0-2 at home this season. The O and blank that I want to talk about, though, to start things here, is the O and now 7-1. and I think it's 0-6-1. I think it's 7. Really? Since T.J. Watt. Since last year, yes, since when TJ Watt of, hasn't been on the field, since the start of the 2021 game, season, we thought it was just you know a funny coincidence at first. Of, of course, we knew that he had impact, but surely one player on the defensive side of the ball can't be that much of an important factor when it comes to winning games. I look back at the Patriots game and I look back at this Jets game, and I point to two, two four sure games that I think that team wins if you have a healthy defensive player of the year level, T.J. Watt, playing. Yeah, this team is a totally different team. They're- so it's not just a fluke anymore. It's it's a problem. And that kind of speaks to the rest of the defense to me because, yes, Cam Hayward's great, borderline Hall of Famer, having a little bit of a tough year to start this year, but he's now battling a multitude of injuries. I mean, he had a robotic arm on for most of the game last mm-hmm. yesterday, and then he had to leave again in the fourth right. quarter for a different injury, which he again came back from and tried to play through. So he's all banged up. Minka's been great. Highsmith's been doing probably the best that he can. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you kind of fall off a cliff when it comes to your playmakers, and people aren't picking up the slack in Watt's absence, and that's being very noticed, uh, especially, like I said, in that Patriots, in that Jets game, because no excuses, you should be able to beat that team with even an average defense if that's what you get dropped down to without Watt. They're dropping down towards the bottom of the third defense without Watt. Bottom of third of the league defense right. without Watt. And that's something I really didn't think was going to happen. I thought that they were better suited this year than the previous year to deal with an injury like this. Well, we thought Defensive that... Defensive line-wise, for sure, I thought they were. But you also thought that because you didn't really consider losing a piece when that piece would have been T.J. Watt, right? You You could say to yourself, oh, well, if we lose... Cam, or if you lose Minka, the secondary is probably fine, going to get exposed at some point. The defensive line has its other pieces now with uh, Larry O, Montrevious Adams, and Tyson Alawalu, and you would have T.J. Watt there. I think it's just Minka, or sorry, T.J. Watt. Is that valuable of a player and that great of a talent? It's that where, straw, man. It stirs the drink. 
Really right. Does. If you if you remove him and you keep everybody else out there, it's still going to look drastically different than if you keep him out there and you remove I even multiple piece other pieces. Like if Cam was down. If Cam and Mika were down, but TJ Watt was in, I bet you'd still have a lot of success. I bet you could beat the Jets and beat the and the Patriots. Yeah, I mean because, you want you want all three obviously, but you're right. right. I think that his value, you know, we've talked about those three as the big three on the defense for a couple of years now. But his absence is kind of illustrating that his value is the one that's most most worthwhile. His impact and what he does. You know, we talked about this last week when we were talking a little bit about Micah Parsons. Like, even though he didn't register a sack against the Giants on Monday Night Football, he, was like, he pretty much had his nose in all seven mm-hmm. of the sacks. Like he opens things up for Demarcus Lawrence, just like how TJ opens things up for Cam and, and Alex Highsmith. And Highsmith on the other side and Montrevious Adams and Leal. Like all these guys benefit from all the massive attention that is being paid towards number ninety, and now all of a sudden that is out of the equation. There's no fear factor when it comes to playing that Steelers defense anymore, and you're able to now allocate your protection around to multiple spots instead of being like, "Oh crap, we got to figure out how to stop number ninety. Let's just figure out the other guys as we go along here, because if we don't stop ninety, the game's going to be over anyway. You don't have that anymore. That variable's been taken out of the equation. Hopefully this is the last week without him. He's eligible to return from the IR after the Buffalo game. Right. He's now that'll be his fourth, fourth game, game that on he missed. IR. Yep. You hope to God that you see him come back after that game and help give this defense a boost. But it's just so shocking to me how how valuable he is. Like how, I knew he was that good, but I didn't know that they would be this much of a struggle without him. How far down the defense performs with and without him. It's very surprising to me because there off. is talent on the mm-hmm. other. There's talent in other spots. Yeah, and we were saying to ourselves yesterday, the the performance by the inside linebackers, Miles Jack and Devin Bush. Once again, solid. didn't really notice them yesterday as far as like not, big boneheaded not plays. Playmakers. Bush screwed up in coverage a couple times, but again, they were both like average to above average, which, which is, is what, what you, you are asking. Which is what you're now hoping that Devin Bush can be for you. Miles Jack had a huge hit uh, along the sideline, drilling a guy, taking him to the ground. And he and Minka led the team in tackles, so Miles continues to lead the team in tackles pretty much every week now. Which is what an inside linebacker should do. They but are the second part of that is, why is Minka getting eight tackles again? Right. Too many running backs into the secondary. Right. And, yeah, the run defense really is where you look at and you say, how? Because that defensive line... With even I, even with the, the switch between Tyson Alawalu and Montrevious Adams, that shows that the Steelers like Montrevious Adams more. But even when he's out there alongside Lario, alongside Cam Hayward, running backs are getting past them. The interesting thing about the Steelers' run defense, especially when you look at it in this game specifically, again, if you're just one of those box score guys, the box score hero that just looks mm-hmm. at the box score, oh, 29 carries, 98 yards, 3.4 yards per carry on the ground for the Jets. That's a pretty decent job from the Steelers' defense. The Brees Hall and Michael Carter are two pretty good backs. Situationally, though, yes. there's too many big runs on third downs. There's too many big runs over 14, 15 yards down the, the field to, to set them up in plus field territory. The run on the final drive for the Jets uh, right before the uh, game-winning touchdown pass by Zach Wilson. Uh, Michael Carter, it was either Michael Carter or Brees Hall, had a 16-yard run. On the play You're talking way- about the one where he almost got into the end zone? Yeah. That was Brees Hall. Yeah. It's Brees Hall. And then he got stopped. 
And then Brees Hall, of course, the dagger by just getting the tip of the football over the goal line. Yes. To score that right. touchdown. And so. it was clearly a touchdown. There was no debate about it. I know the ball came out, but he had crossed the plane well before that ball came out. I think the thing that really you know bothers me the most is that, and this bothered Cam after the game, is 14 points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And Cam said that, and he's kind of like said it out loud, and it was like in disbelief, like 14 points in the fourth quarter? That's not going to get it done. And he's so right. He knows more than anybody that could talk into this microphone about what it takes to win football games in the fourth quarter. And he's so right about that. You can't give up two touchdowns in 15 minutes of game time like that, especially in the most crucial 15 minutes of game time. But, you know, Pickett didn't do them any favors by throwing that interception. But I think people kind of fast forward to that Pickett interception and kind of circle that and be like, well, here's where you really put the defense up against it. And, Yes, the defense should have at least held to a field goal there, and they failed to, but you can't turn the ball over there. And very conveniently forget that it was a 20-10 lead that Pickett staked the Steelers out to, and Zach Wilson and the Jets just shredded right down the field. Touchdown to Corey Davis, 20-17. to mm-hmm. All right, Kenny, you just gave him a 20-10 lead. Here's the ball back again. Give him another double-digit lead and ice this football game, and That's he did it the second happened. time. So yeah. I get that. You don't want to turn that ball over, and you do put your defense in a tough situation if you're Kenny and you you make that turnover. But at the same time, this was the first time all year that the Steelers had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter to protect. It's kind of what you pay that defense to do. And like Cam said, it's not going to get it done when you yield two touchdowns in 15 minutes of play. No, it, <clears throat> that's what happened, Tom. You you lost that game. And almost any time that you allow two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, you're going to lose that game. Uh, we've pointed out uh, across other teams. Uh, look what happened with Baltimore yesterday. They had a commanding lead. What was it like twenty, 20 to three? Th- yeah, and then they ended up losing twenty three to twenty. Uh, you look at this. Yeah, but the Bills coming back and the Jets and the coming Jets coming back, back are, are a different story. I understand, but the Jets now have. You're na- supposed to be a better defense than Baltimore too. I mean, you're yeah, supposed right, to be absolutely. the real when it comes to defense. So what are you going to do next week if you fall behind instead of going up by a score of twenty to ten? What happens if you're down 20 to 10 against Buffalo well, next week. entering the fourth quarter? Do you see quarter? the line yet? It's all, do you know what it is? 14. It's already. That's crazy. You don't see double it's digit touchdown spreads in the NFL. Like, you ever. see like 10, 10 and a half, but 14. Double, doubling up on the touchdown yeah. side of things, though, that's that's rare. That'll come down, I bet. People will start taking the Steelers in that game. You just don't win by 14 in the NFL unless you do, which the Bills. It's very possible. Can do, but the last two weeks, the Bills have struggled. No, no, no. They got their first loss of the, of the season last week against Miami, and it took a— Early hunch from me, I would take those 14 points. I bet the Steelers keep it within two touchdowns. What? Two tutties? It, it's going to be a really tough test for Kenny Pickett's first, what we assume will be his first ever career start. But it's like what you were saying, they're like— if you fall behind against the Bills, or or if you have a lead somehow built up against the Bills, what would make you trust the defense to hold on to that lead? Where you just had a 10-point lead at home against a lesser opponent last week, mm-hmm. and they weren't able to get the job Well, yeah, done. the difference is T.J. Watt. Like, you're going to feel, well, he's not going to be there. Well, that's Buffalo. what I'm saying. Do you remember the, the performance he had last last year in the season opener yeah, against oh, Buffalo? He, it was like the Bengals' performance. I think performance. he had three, sack, three and a half sacks, a forced fumble. It was like the Cincy game this year. Like, he, yes. he can win games on his own, and that's something that has been massively missing. And 
you know, maybe they can sneak out a win or two in this death stretch coming up because Watt's returning. You assume, hopefully as early as the Buccaneers game, probably not any later than the Philadelphia Eagles game. But that's a lot of pressure to put mm-hmm. on the guy who almost had his pec muscle torn off of his, his bone. And thank God it wasn't. The tendon was still intact. But, hey, come back and win us three out of four games against the four best teams potentially in the NFL. Here's the thing, Tom. Well, yes, I was thinking more along the lines of the entire rest of the season, not just these next four weeks. However, I think that if you if you look at the rest of the season, right, you're not asking him to win you those games. Because no. I think, I think, and again, not to be too critical of the team in the first three and a half games that they've played this season, the defense they need to win those games. Right, the defense. Was I think clearly, yesterday more than ever, like a ten point lead in the fourth quarter, right. you got to win that game. But I think if the game circumstances were a little bit different, right? If Kenny comes out to start that game and has ten days to prepare, maybe you're playing with a little bit extra of a lead, not just ten points. Maybe the maybe the game's over by the fourth quarter. If you if, 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 if that's that's a hypothetical, but. I'm saying just now, with T.J. Watt coming back and the offense looking like it's improving with Kenny Pickett at quarterback, maybe you don't have to ask T.J. Watt and the defense to to win you games anymore. Like maybe they don't have to shut the Falcons out in Atlanta right. to win that game. Maybe, right. maybe, they, you can maybe allow they don't have touchdowns. to let the Colts score only three points to win that game in Indianapolis. Maybe you don't have to turn Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton and the Saints over 16 times to be, win that game at home against the Saints. Right. I think these next opponents, the Bu- uh, the Bills, the Bucks, the Dolphins, and the Eagles. You kind of need your offense to win games in those circumstances. Like, NFL defenses are great, Well, but they're not elite like they used to be. No. Tampa Bay, we thought was Shut the best down, defense in football just all got year. Exposed. I, I mean, Mahomes just wiped his butt with them Maybe not exposed, long. but yeah, I mean, they, can, they can be beaten. And maybe the key to beating them is a future Hall of Famer at quarterback. Who, but anyway, he still went out there and did it, despite mm-hmm. struggling the week prior to the Colts. So, like, you can have Mahomes struggle a bit. That Buccaneers defense, I still think, is maybe the best in football. And they just got 41 point up on them. So, like, you kind of need offense when you're going up against these teams that you're about to go up against. Looking beyond by those... the way, Jacob, that Brady Buccaneers offense, they scored 31 points. Yeah. So they kind of came and back you know to what? life. Mike Evans, it Mike helps Evans. a lot. Godwin, it helps a <laughs> yeah. lot. Like, I mean, think about it. Last week when they struggled against, uh, who was it, Green Bay, right? They It took until the last second to score a what could have been a game-time touchdown with the extra two-point conversion, but that didn't happen. But that team was without Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Yeah, and Chris now, Godwin is now getting healthier. Mike Evans no longer serving that one-game suspension. How many touchdowns did he have yesterday? Evans, I think, only had two. Uh, only two tutties? But Brady, Brady being Brady, is able to— He threw for 350 yards. Yeah, he's able to get the ball into the end zone using more than just his star players. So that whole you know narrative that I was trying to get off the ground of, well, you know, I'd take a great defense versus a great defense any day of the week and win this game 14-10, to 10, they might score more than 14 points when Tampa Bay comes that's, into Pittsburgh yeah, that's, if they're healthy. If they're healthy, for sure. And even if they're not fully healthy, I mean, Tom Brady can be— If, if T.J. Watt is not in that game, Tom, right— Tom Brady is going to look a lot more comfortable than he did when he was facing the Jets or the Chiefs pass rush. TJ Watt just means that much to this team. Sticking with TJ Watt being out. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The one guy that naturally had a lot of pressure on him to step up was Alex Highsmith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. You're the number two at that position, so step into the number one shoes and put up number one level of production. He's done that. I, I'd say that he's, for the most part, and especially when you look at the stats, you'd say he's doing his job. I mean, he led the league in sacks heading into the game yesterday, got another one, so he's up to five and a half sacks now on the season. But I think he could have had three four sacks mm-hmm. in the game yesterday and that's another one of these spots where if you're just looking at the box score and you're like mm-hmm, and Alex Highsmith four tackles a tackle for a loss he had a sack he had one quarterback hit in addition to the sack okay he's getting some pressure on Zach Wilson like a number one outside linebacker should there were at least two plays that are seared into yes. my brain where he had Wilson dead to rights and mm-hmm. you have to give credit to Zach Wilson as much as you're going to you know scold Alex Highsmith there here because Wilson is slippery, and he was able to get out of those sacks, but Batman probably makes those plays. Wilson probably doesn't escape from Watt's grasp. Wilson probably shouldn't have been able to escape from Highsmith's grasp. So I don't think Highsmith played bad by any stretch of the imagination. It's one of those games where, yeah, he did fine, but he could have done a lot better, and you kind of need him to do a lot better. Those were some key sacks that could have been had against Zach Wilson, but... Alas, he was not able to wrap him up. And I, again, those are plays I look at and I say, you're taking great steps forward this year, Alex Highsmith. You are establishing yeah, yourself absolutely. as a legit number two and a borderline number one, to be quite honest with you. Mm. But you're still, you still just have that next step that you have to hit. Well, like, that's when not- you really get to that next Pro Bowl level, Wilson's not escaping out of those sacks. I think the great thing is that. You see him stepping up, right? What would the season look like today uh, in these three games? Uh, obviously, the results would have stayed the same because you still lost all three games without T.J. Watt. But how nervous would you be for your defense if Alex Highsmith was in that long list of names that you could go off of where you would say they're not making the splash plays. They're just there they're keeping things relatively calm, but still allowing the splash plays. They're not making it them themselves. You said Minka is really the only guy who stepped up without TJ Watt in. But we also said that Alex Highsmith has done a lot in his absence. If Alex Highsmith was not doing that, this defense Ugh. overall, you would just say, yeah, it's a bottom third defense in this league. So you like, uh, it's, it's so hard. It's such a, it's so frustrating this defense, the last two years, Cam Hayward had arguably his best year of his career. Last year. Last year, because he was stepping up for the absence of both Tyson Oluwalu and Stefan Tuit. Alex Highsmith already has five and a half sacks through four games. What was what will surely be a career high by the season's end, right? Assuming he stays healthy. And that's because... In three games now, he's made himself known. He's he's getting to the quarterback. He's sacking the quarterback without T.J. Watt. So he is stepping up. I think that's a huge testament to him. Whenever T.J. Watt comes back, I don't expect Alex Highsmith, his numbers to slow down. 
you could probably expect them to speed up because now all the opposing defenses are sorry, rather opposing offenses are going to look at themselves and say, well, now we have the game plan game plan for number 90. Well, we thought we thought we'd be okay game planning for number 56 on one side. Now we have to go for both of these guys. Well, to your point, Alex Highsmith has two sacks in three games without TJ Watt, mm-hmm. which is good. Almost a sack a game. Hit three and a half sacks in the Cincinnati with game Watt? with TJ yeah. Watt there. So he is the league leader. Is he still the league leader? Yes. He's yes. still the league leader in By sacks. Half sack, but yeah. a lot of boost from Mr. TJ Watt there, giving okay, him a lot well, of assists on that one. But that's your point, is that I mean, you can expect the play to get even better when he has how, Watt back. How pleased were you before he went down with his season-ending injury with Bud Dupree in his last year as a Steeler oh, in 2020? He was it was great. the best year of his career. Yes. Because at the time, that was TJ Watt's best year of his career. No, I, I agree with you. He can only get better once Watt returns. And in a way, the fact that we've kind of been looking at him in this portion of the episode and saying, like, oh, we need a little bit more from you is a compliment in a way because yeah. you've shown that you can give more. You and, expect it to be done. Yeah, and again, it's not like I would look at a box score, I'd look at a game, and you got one sack, and I'd be like, ah, you got to do more. If you were really getting taken out of the game plan and the Jets were running away from you and Wilson was avoiding you, it's just I see him wrapping up Zach Wilson so vividly mm-hmm. in my head on a couple of plays where Wilson was just able just to get escaped, away. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, Tom. Maybe T.J. Watt doesn't play that game. You know how many times Tom Brady was hit from his blind side, couldn't get out of a sack last night against the Chiefs? Tell me. I mean, I don't know the number, but a, wow, a, a good, you really set that up like a you good knew amount. It. Like you watched Tom Brady struggle, right, to be to be able to escape collapsed pockets. So. Zach Wilson, young guy, mobile guy, Tom Brady, who's now 45 years old, isn't going to, isn't going to be able to do that against Alex Highsmith if he gets there. Yeah, I mean, I really think that... Josh Allen is a different story. Zach, Josh Allen will run yeah, away Josh Allen will for run, yards. He'll run over you yeah. for yards. Zach Wilson impressed me yesterday with... He made some really bad throws, and he was like 8 for 24 mm-hmm. at one point in the game. But a lot of confidence in that fourth quarter to lead those two drives back-to-back to get touchdowns on both of those drives. That's That speaks a lot to where he's at mentally as far as the NFL game is concerned. And his escapability is really good, man. I mean, he only got sacked once, and I think the Steelers could have gotten more pressure on him, maybe blitz him a little bit more, make the, the young buck think a little bit more. But when the pressure did get there, he was really good at backpedaling away from it, running 50 yards backwards to make sure he can get a throw off so it's not, you know, um, a loss of a sack. You just live mm-hmm. to fight another day from the line of scrimmage. I mean, he's really, really good at using his athleticism to keep plays alive and to avoid disastrous plays just to kind of stay in neutral instead of losing 15, 20 yards at a time. Mm-hmm. That being said, he totally intentionally grounded that ball where he scooped oh, it up 100%. It. it didn't even get close to the line of scrimmage. Don't I don't know, know how don't you know messed up the ref that. Says I don't know how you messed up that call. Don't know why you can't review that. Why That seems something very easily reviewed. Uh, we're going to make this call that he got the ball back to the line of scrimmage. I don't think so. Red challenge flag. Clearly on the video evidence, he was three yards shy of the line of scrimmage. That's intentional grounding. So maybe the league looks at that. Rules committee, can we start reviewing? I'm all for less reviews, though, so I don't really want to bog down <laughs> with more reviews. But, I mean, that was egregious. He was Absolutely. three yards short of the line of scrimmage there. But, again... What an athletic play from the kid. He scoops the ball Mm -hmm. up, continues to run. Then he knows he's going to face plant, so he throws it away. I mean, I credit him for making that play and trying to make the refs make a call because when you put it in the refs' hands, sometimes they make mistakes and you live to fight another day. And his escapability was just 
if I had to give him a report card, the first thing I'd put in the five-star category was escapability was through the roof. Mm-hmm. And that's impressive coming off of his meniscus, meniscus injury. Right, it was his first game back, too. Yeah, didn't saw rust in the passing game. Didn't For see sure. any rust when it came to athleticism, getting out of the pocket. Mobility. Yeah, he was A1 as far as that's concerned. But I would have blitzed him a little bit more. You know, make a young guy think a little bit, you know. Yes, you blitz a Joe Burrow, you blitz a Josh Allen, 128 yards and two touchdowns are getting put up on your head against the Blitz. It's a, kind of a different story when it's Mac Jones, Jacoby Brissett, and Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. They have been blitzing more without T.J. Watt, not effectively, and I think they need to do it even more. No, I agree. I think Zach Wilson especially could have been the easiest target here with his meniscus injury that he was recovering from. If you actually send more than one or two guys at him, He's not going to be able to, like, as you said, Alex Highsmith, you have that memory of him wrapping Zach Wilson up. <clears throat> if you blitz more, it's not just Alex Highsmith that, who would be in on that tackle. It would be Alex Highsmith and DeMarvin Leal or Larry Ogunjobi or Cam Hayward even. It's just, you can't just send one or two guys at him <clears throat> in addition to the three defensive linemen who are going at him every play. And another thing I'd say about the defense is, they can't get off the field on third downs. Mm-hmm. So many times they get third and six, third and seven, and Elijah Moore is streaking down the middle of the field wide open for a 15-yard gain. It's it's deflating when you have two good plays on first and second down, and then when you need the best play of that series, you happen. keep falling flat on your face, and the other team's making the plays instead of you. I'm not saying it's impossible and the Steelers never get off the field on third down, but on the weighty third downs... Late in football games, yes. it seems more times than not the other team is converting. Playing with a lead. You can't just let teams continue to build momentum like that. When you get them behind the sticks, third and long, you have to be able to get off the field, get your offense the ball again, try to squeeze the air out of that football. And just kind of Multiple times on the Jets' drive that they scored 17 points to bring it within three, there was a couple of third down opportunities for the Steelers to get off the field. And they just couldn't do it. So I'm not trying to – what's the excuse here? Like, I'm not trying to make excuses, but can you really say they were that gassed against the Jets like they had been in pre- – maybe it's a, a culmination of we've been on the field forever in the first three weeks that we're already tired no matter what. But time of possession-wise was not the worst for the Steelers in this game. In fact, I think it was the best time of possession that they've had – in a game all season, and you still weren't able to close out a game. You looked like you faded down the stretch as a defense. The Steelers had the ball for 30 minutes. They actually outpossessed the wow. Jets in this game. That's got to be the first all season. 30 minutes? Yeah, they averaged like 24 per game. Mm-hmm. So, like, they out for the first time all year, they outpossessed the team by two seconds. Two seconds? <laughs> and you still saw that kind of fading defense yes. down the stretch. Not good. No. It's it's a it's a defense that needs its best player back desperately it seems, and Malik Reed I mean really disappeared he has been all year and I think the mo on him out of Denver was he's not good at stopping the run and he's a little bit undersized and it's kind of being exposed here. We were wondering when he got here why you let go a guy that has thirteen sacks in whatever it was twenty nine games or whatever yeah. two seasons in Denver <laughs> but. I kind of see why Denver let him go. He was not a number one or a number two. He's more of a number three or a number four. Being pressed into number two duties right now 
and you can see that he's a little bit over his skis. Yes. So Malik Reed. Maybe better, best used as a third string. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that's where his niche Outside is in the NFL yeah. right now. And he's just being forced to play a bigger role than he has to. They they just need number 90 to come back desperately. Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed that it's just this Buffalo game. And he'll be out there at Akershore Stadium making his home, his home debut against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in just a couple of weeks' time. Right. You can now listen to Steelers Nation Radio anytime, anywhere, just through your smart speaker. Just say, Alexa, play Steelers Nation Radio for my heart, and Alexa, she's going to take care of the rest. Let's look at some awesome week four action around the NFL. Got a big game tonight that we can break down as well, so we'll do a little NFL whip around when we come back. Oh, we got to give our moneymakers before we do that for the next? No, we're going to give them to them right now. Okay, right now? You go first. Uh, for me, I think it's pretty obvious the guy who continues to play as a defensive player of the year after he's already been given his money, but let's just pay that man anyways. It's Minka Fitzpatrick. Pay that man his money. You took mine. Sorry. I was going to take Minka Fitzpatrick too. we got to spread the wealth around though on this show. We're not just giving this guy all the paychecks. Let's go. I'm going to go Kenny. Why not, right? Two toddies. I'll go Kenny. Two what? Two toddies. Pay that man his money. Not the best performance from Kenny, and let's be honest, the real moneymaker was Minka. Like, he's the one that you look at and say had the biggest impact of the game. Should I have given it to Pickens? Probably. Oh, I would say honorable mentions would have gone for me, Pickens and then Highsmith, maybe even, again, Pat Fryermuth, I feel like I just keep keep saying his name. We'll go with Pickett. Okay. We'll go with Pickett. Because the offense, you clearly there was saw a spark the spark. When he came yeah. in. That's yeah. been the one word that everybody has been using is that spark. And he put up 20 points for the first time since week one for the Steelers offense. So congratulations, Kenny. You're my money maker for week four. Week four of NFL action coming up next. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Offerman. This is the Steelers Standard. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.